Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and good day to all the listeners out there. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law show via the Believe Podcast Network. So glad to be with you today and as always appreciate you listening in. We have a great show today. We're going to be talking about the old saying, uh, the when the chickens come home to roost, and we're going to be sort of applying that to the context of entertainment, media, and sports, and specifically looking at uh, consumer consumption with regard to sports returning and entertainment production uh, in Los Angeles and, and, and elsewhere. Basically, this idea that uh, as people are at home more often, streaming numbers and consumption numbers have been up uh, during a pandemic. But what will that look like going forward when things begin to return return to normal? That's the topic we're going to be talking about today. We're going to break that down. But first, want to give a nod to our wonderful show sponsor, Bet Online, And uh, we will do a quick uh, commercial break for them. And then we'll get into the content for this week's podcast. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well, it never closes. So the call to action this week. Head online to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. So thanks, folks, and uh, thanks again to our sponsor, betonline.ag. This week we are, uh, this is episode 37, and we're talking about this idea of entertainment and sports and uh, consumer consumption and what that's going to look like, what it looks like now during the pandemic, but what it's also going to look like um, in the future. And so there's this old saying that essentially goes, you know, when the chickens come home to roost. And the idea is, is that the chickens come home to roost when an action is done. You know, somebody does something, somebody makes a mistake, somebody says something, somebody does something in their life, and then years later that thing comes back to haunt them, comes back to have an effect on them, uh, maybe that wasn't anticipated or was anticipated when the decision was made. So it's it's something to think about. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old saying, but in terms of the context of what we're talking about here, again, it's sort of this idea of uh, entertainment and sports consumption during a pandemic and po- post-pandemic and sort of the effects of that and decisions that are made now and how that's going to look going forward. So now in the past, if um, our our sort of closest listeners will remember that we talked about uh, Colin Kaepernick and Nike's involvement with him. And, uh, and of course, Colin Kaepernick is a former um, NFL quarterback and actually played uh, baseball in I think it was high school, maybe a little bit in college, but he's a University of uh, Nevada, Reno um, uh, college athlete and, of course, came in through the um, San Francisco 49ers. So that article really talked about 
Nike's involvement with Kaepernick and how Kaepernick's been able to, um, well, Nike's been able to benefit from getting involved with social sort of justice causes. And the article did not talk about the politics of any of this. It just literally talked about the financial aspects of it. And I think the bottom line from that was that Nike benefits from getting involved in social justice causes and that uh, most of its consumers um, generally would agree with uh, its political stances or its sort of political infomercials, if you will. And in that sense, um, it just kind of gave some insight into that. So I highly encourage everybody to take a look at that article. Now, during a pandemic, uh, we've obviously had uh, professional sports taken away, and then now they've come back. And this is in the form of Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and also the National Hockey League and Major League Soccer, not to mention, obviously, soccer leagues abroad like the uh, English Premier League or um, series, series A or whatever it might be, right? So we've had a lot of um, sports return, and a lot of those sports have not included fans because obviously fans are not allowed to attend the games because of the ongoing pandemic and whatever decisions are made by local or national governments and whatever decisions are made by leagues and teams and uh, players' unions and that sort of thing. Uh, obvious example being the Pac-12 and the Big Ten Specifically, the Pac-12 not deciding to play, and Big Ten is there might be a maybe there with the vote occurring. I think this week, but let's say like the ACC and the SEC obviously playing games, right? And the Big Twelve obviously playing games uh, yesterday, uh, or I guess over the weekend on Saturday. So, uh, and then obviously the NFL games on Sunday. So I think the point that I'm sort of trying to bring up here is that. We've obviously had no fans at these games. These sports have come back. And, and of course, on the entertainment side, we've for the, for the longest time, we did not have the um, production going on. So a lot of the content that we've seen on, let's say, the Netflixes or Amazon Primes or whatever has been content that was previously produced and is now being distributed. And this is obviously the case in point with the – uh, the movie Tenant or the movie Mulan through, for, uh, through Disney, where that's content that existed in the past and now they're producing it or uh, was produced in the past and now they're distributing it. And of course, with live sports, the content is produced in live action. So, um, you know, you're seeing what you're seeing live. But obviously, there's been a slow and growth there because, you know, now production is finally starting to, you know, sort of see an uptick. Uh, but it's going to be probably a slow growth thing until this pandemic passes. But you know, here we are, right? We don't have fans at games. We have limited content, but because of the pandemic, uh, we've obviously, obviously had increased viewership and streaming numbers. And so we're going to kind of break that down and look at that and what that means and, and what that means going forward. So as we're thinking about this, you know, the other parties thinking about this are going to be the advertisers, the broadcasters, the streamers, the studios, management, players, talent, and you know, college universities, as they look to their budgets to project revenues and negotiate deals, and uh, so this is something that I think personally, as people have more time, and this is backed up by by the data as well, that as people work from home, and um, as they're not going to work, they're not traveling, they're um, you know spending a lot of time with their families. 
um, there's going to be a lot of t- uh, con- television consumption and streaming consumption and has clearly risen. Nielsen did several reports on this and clearly streaming and television viewership is up during the pandemic and especially as sports have returned. And of course, we're starting to see some of the numbers come back as people are starting to re- return to movie theaters. But a lot of that stuff is not happening in the major markets. I and mean, when it is, it's on a very limited basis. So we're going to see how that all plays out. Now, on the other hand, as people go back to work, people go back to commuting, people go back to being outside and traveling. And frankly, let's just be honest, people have more options, right? That's the big thing. Because the truth of it is, is the workplace may change forever in the sense that more people may be working from home because businesses realize it's a more um, efficient opportunity. It keeps people safe. It keeps people off the road. Um, it saves time. It saves money, you know, that sort of thing. And frankly, people end up working more from home, um, you know, because you have less set hours, right? As your normal nine to five, you commute in, you leave, you go home. Whereas something like working from home, you might work a seven to a seven uh, because, or you might work at all hours of the night or all hours of the day. It just depends. But as people go back to some sense of normalcy and having more options, will streaming numbers continue with their, you know, at, at their levels? And I think the obvious answer is no. People are going to have more options, and I think the data backs that up too. Now, there are some exceptions for that, which we'll get into. But now there's a couple of things that could happen. The transition to normalcy could potentially be exponential. It could be, you know, just exponential growth, and people get in there and they're watching – um, you know, uh, more or less content. And, and of course, we've seen the growth for during the pandemic has gone up with regard to streaming and viewership numbers for broadcast content. But uh, we could also see the growth be exponential uh, once the pandemic passes and we return to normalcy because there's going to be a pent-up desire for people to travel and people are going to want to see their communities, their family, their friends in the world. People are going to want to get out, right? People want to do other things. Um, it could also be that there's a slow growth to this and outside activities as people ease back into normalcy. Let's say if there's people might be more nervous than others and people um, are worried more than others. But as sort of a context to history here, you remember it was the, it was the roaring 20s that followed the 1918 Spanish flu, which was far more deadly, uh, you know, million, millions and millions times over than the current uh, coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but that also, the Roaring Twenties was followed by the Great Depression. And the point here is just that economies tend to run in cycles. So that's something to keep your mind on. But as a case in point, I do want to refer to um, something that I think find that I find uh, interesting in all of this. You know, often criticism is given of Los Angeles-based fans. And the idea is, is that they're fair weather, they don't show up, they leave early. That sort of thing. I think traffic has more to do that with anything. The fact that the Dodgers can pull 4 million fans a year in a stadium that is very difficult to get to with limited public transportation. You essentially have a bus that can take you there. Uh, Other than that, you have to drive in. The fact that 4 million fans still show up, I think, says a lot about dedication. And I think for the most part, and I've done this myself, you leave in the eighth inning or, you know, the the, uh, top of the ninth inning uh, to beat traffic. You know, and even if you're taking the bus or if you're Ubering or whatever it might be, you're gonna you're gonna, you know, obviously try to try to beat traffic. So, and without public transportation, it makes it difficult. My point here 
is that the idea is given that Los Angeles-based fans are fair weather and they do not care much about uh, sports compared to different locales. Let's say a Boston or, um, you know, whatever it might be, throw another team in there that isn't a smaller market. But I think understanding context is important, and this will all make sense and tie back to our topic. Uh, Los Angeles offers beaches, lakes, mountains, and it's all within an hour or two, especially during a pandemic, uh, although nobody's traveling. Um, They have 10 professional sports franchises in the sort of L.A., Orange County area. There's an entire entertainment industry in Hollywood. There's a fashion industry, and there's much more, right? So meaning that sports compete for people's attention spans in a massive market like Los Angeles. There's a lot to do. The weather is great, right? It's, it's a desirable place to be for the most part, right? And uh, this means that sports have to be good to be competitive. And this is why, for the most part, Los Angeles teams tend to be very good. It's because they have to compete for uh, people's attention spans. They have to compete for people's pocketbooks. And they have to compete uh, with good content. And so in that sense, you can make the argument that the free market reigns in Los Angeles as teams have uh, had to be constantly good to earn the viewing loyalty. And uh, I mean, this is true with any franchise, but especially true uh, in Los Angeles. So the point here is that as streaming has risen during the pandemic, the question to ask is, has the content gotten better to the point that consumers will sacrifice other activities uh, in continuing to watch entertainment media and sports programming once normalcy returns. And I think an argument can be, can be made that it has not gotten better in the sense that you know, there's not some sense of these uh, teams that are playing are fantastically better. There's, um, you know, fantastically more content or more, um, a better talent. I mean, I think this, obviously there's some really cool things going on in each of the sports this year. I mean, just the fact that it's a pandemic and sports are happening is a is a is a great thing in itself, and I think people are are rewarding uh, broadcasters with their eyeballs in that sense. But what happens when there's more options, and and what happens in that sense? Well, people go back to not watching as much, and it's something I think broadcasters and streamers, studios, whatever talent is going to have to consider as they're deal making and looking at you know what's going to be coming in the future. And of course, the other aspect of all of this is the political messaging that's been going on. And we've seen a significant increase in that. Uh, also, I, I think it's sort of a, um, uh, a melting pot of several things going on. One is obviously the ongoing pandemic. Uh, the second thing is ongoing calls for social justice. And then really the third thing is, is people having more time to consume content. And you put all those things in one, and uh, sort of you have the environment that you have. Um, so we've had this increase for political messaging. We also have an election going on, which is another thing to throw in that melting pot. So all those things, there's been a lot of political messaging, and there's been some negative reactions to this. Now, one reaction is, is that people vote with their feet or vote with their pocketbooks, so to speak, and they don't watch content anymore. So that's something to consider. Now, on the other hand, the other idea is is that Hollywood has done this for years, right, with political messaging through talent at the Oscars, Golden Globes, the Emmys, and on screen through content. And consumers have, for the most part, been able to separate politics from the enjoyment of the content. And the the follow-up question is, is will sports be able to do the same? 
Uh, I think the data and the analytics would provide that many sports consumers tend to lean conservative and many fans are located in the suburbs, small towns, middle America, and places not the coast, which tend to lean left, right? Places, let's say like Los Angeles, where there's a lot more to do in a non-pandemic economy. And so when you think about that, you think about cause and effect. You think about, will the chickens come home to roost, right? Will consumers look at this and make another choice, make another option? You know, I'm not going to watch sports because of XYZ. I'm going to watch something else or I'm going to do something else. Now, of course, this could also mean that post-election we could see less messaging and more programming. So it could just be a seasonal thing. At the end of the day, time's going to tell. But I think for now, industry creators, producers, and distributors have to consider the roost, right? They have to consider whether the high streaming numbers and uh, high viewership numbers will continue. And uh, I think it's an important question to think about. And I think it's something that, um, you know, sort of wise entertainment media sports executives would be um, and, and should consider. So again, folks, uh, that's this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. This is Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 